Radio Mano Papachango. Hey Chris, my name is Tom. I'm sending this in because I think I represent possibly an atypical portion of your demographics. I'm 60 years old. I've been having sex with the same woman for the last 40 years. I've never taken psychedelics and I love your podcast. Enjoy. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Tom. Atypical Tom. (laughs) It's good to know you're out there, man. Uh, Yeah, it's funny. It's it's funny how talking about things and how they can have a positive role in one's life can so easily be interpreted as advocacy. Um, when, you know, and I deal with this all the time, <clears throat> you know, with people who, who read Sex at Dawn or think they've read Sex at Dawn or know someone who's read Sex at Dawn or says they've read, it's like, they think that's a book of advocacy. And so I get all this hostility or insecurity, which are basically the same thing, you know, being expressed in two different ways from people who, who are, um, you know, resistant to what they think is the message, that they think the message is you're wrong if you spend your life with one person or you're wrong if you um, are completely happy, um, you know, without exploring these things. Um, and that's not the case. That's that's not what I'm talking about. My parents, as I've said in countless interviews, um, were only with each other and they were super happy. And there's nothing that I would ever say or do that would be critical of the decisions that they made because, you know, those decisions, that security, that love that I saw growing up really created an environment for me where I felt free to explore other things which aren't better. They're just other. And um, so, yeah, I talk about traveling. I talk about psychedelics. I talk about non-monogamy. I talk about all these things and you know, some of my experiences with them. And, uh, but I really dig people like Tom who can listen to all that and enjoy it for what it is, but not feel implicated because there is no implication. The only thing I ever advocate is sincerity and honesty with yourself, with your partner and, uh, with the realities of life. And, how people interpret that and enact those things um, is so individual. So, yeah, I was, Anya and I were talking about this recently, This that we feel, and, and you know, Casilda and I talked about this 20 years ago, feeling so much closer to someone who is authentic in a life very different from our own than someone who is in a life very similar 
to ours who is inauthentic about it. Um, and that applies to all aspects of life, not just sexuality, of course. But, you know, it, it's not about what you do. It's about your motivations and your sincerity and your integrity. Um, I remember when Tal Ruspoli interviewed my parents for his film Monogamish, and he asked my father uh, what advice he would give to young people. And, you know, would, would he, would he uh, recommend monogamy or non-monogamy? And my father said, I just think people should love each other, however they do it. And I think that's uh, good advice. Anyway, this episode is with a woman I met at Tao's place a month or so ago when we were passing through. Uh, her name is Tian Surin. She's Thai from Bangkok. And uh, I just got to chatting with her one day and really enjoyed the way she thinks. And um, I've always wanted to... I've spent a lot of time in Thailand, but I feel like I haven't really... Um, had many opportunities to talk with Thai people about the differences and similarities between Thai culture and Western culture. Um, you know, when you're in Thailand and you're with people who haven't traveled outside of the country, it's it's hard to, of course, there's a, often a language barrier, but also, you know, they don't know where I'm coming from. So there's a it's difficult to really find common ground. So this was a unique opportunity to speak with somebody who understands both cultures very well and um, and could sort of uh, understand my questions and why I was asking them. And so it's it's uh, I'm really glad to be able to bring this conversation to you because in my experience with all my traveling and all my time in Thailand, this may be the only time I've ever really had a chance to have this kind of conversation um, about these very different cultures. And, um, and also the conversation went places I didn't expect it to do, to go um, very personal and, um, intimate places that uh, that surprised me. And uh, I felt honored by Tian Sarin's trust in me and, and in you, in the audience, um, being able to speak freely about experiences that uh, she's had that were very difficult. So that is this episode. Um, I'm coming to you from Antigua, Guatemala again. I'll be here for another month, I think. Interesting, interesting down here. It's, um, if you've been here, you know, it's a World Heritage site. I was here 32 years ago uh, on the famous trip where the scorpion stung me and uh, it hasn't changed. It's interesting to go to a place that really hasn't changed in 32 years. Um, I guess that's because it's a world heritage site so they can't change it um but the streets the buildings the the ruins the old spanish churches the volcanoes towering out right outside of town the vibe 
really hasn't changed. It's a, a bit of a time capsule. So it's interesting to use it as a, you know, a fixed point on the horizon and sort of see how I've changed. Um, unfortunately, I'm not a UNESCO World Heritage Site being preserved. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a very interesting experience to be here. So I'm glad I've done it. I'm sniffing around, uh, getting started on another book possibly. And, uh, that's, that's the main purpose of being here, being somewhere stable and not sure what's happening this winter. If Thailand opens up, uh, probably gonna go there in uh, November, December, maybe January and um, spend a couple of months there. Uh, I love that place. And the other thing is I'm speaking at the Meet Delic conference in early November. I'm not sure if I speak on the 6th or the 7th or it's that weekend. Uh, it's, it's a weird thing because you know, it's kind of like what I was saying about it doesn't matter what you do. It matters the motivations. It's going to be an interesting thing. It's in Las Vegas. Talking about psychedelics in Las Vegas. Uh, there's something very strange about that. So anyway, uh, I, can't, I can't recommend that anyone go to Las Vegas ever for any reason. Um, but if you are going to be in Las Vegas in early November... Uh, say hello. <laughs> That's about as enthusiastic as I can get about that. Uh, and uh, but if you know, don't 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 worry about it. Uh, because I kind of feel like maybe my talk is going to be um, not in alignment with a lot of the other stuff because I'm a bit of a curmudgeon on these matters. All right. Last thing I wanted to say, I want to remind you with uh, Christmas coming up in a couple of months here, um, if you buy stuff on Amazon, which is kind of like Las Vegas, I can't recommend that you buy stuff on Amazon, but if you do, uh, please consider using the link on my webpage. You can click it once, um, bookmark the landing page there, and then use that as your Amazon link. Um, and a percentage of whatever you spend will go to support the podcast. So that's an excellent way to support the podcast. It costs you nothing. It just takes a tiny, tiny little bit of money out of just Jeff Bezos's pocket. And we all know that Jeff Bezos has very deep pockets. So if, uh, if you think of that, if you go there, you can hit pause right now, go there, Click on the link on my webpage, thatchrisryan.com. You'll see it right there. And uh, bookmark that and use that as your Amazon page. That'll help support the podcast. Thank you for doing that. All right, I'm going to play you out with a tune by a band called Kruang Bin, I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, they're uh, from Texas. It's a three-piece band. I really like their vibe. It's very kind of groovy and spacey and open and quiet and uh, elegant, I think is a good word for it. Anyway, this is a tune they did together with Leon Bridges. It's called Texas Sun. The band is Kruang Bin. Check it out. Thanks for listening.
Do you want my last name or does it matter? It's up to you. Um, I would go with Tian Sirin because that's the name I use for work now. Okay, Tian Sirin. I'm here with Tian Sirin, who is someone I met yesterday, the day before. Yeah, the day before. Very recently at uh, Tao Ruspoli's Bohemian Compound in <laughs> Joshua Tree. So uh, I, I'm glad, thank you for agreeing to have this conversation. Yeah, absolute. That's an absolute honor. Uh, you know, I just enjoy meeting magical people here. I feel that, you know, Tao's place had a, some kind of um, magnetic quality that just attracts certain groups of people. And I've been here twice, and I would say both of my experiences have been nothing but you know, absolute magical. So, yeah, interesting people come here. I think uh, he's got a bunch of stuff on the the Airbnb about uh, no children. Uh, there's nudity. Yeah, clothing <laughs> optional. Clothing optional, exactly. And I think that filters out uh, a lot of people. And also drawn the, you know. And draws the others, right. Exactly. Right. A lot of people see that and they say, thank God, no children, nudity, or clothing optional. Um, (laughs) But yeah, a lot of sort of free thinking bohemian types. But there's art everywhere and the sunsets are incredible and the swimming pool. And so I think people tell their friends, like, you have to go check this place out. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so it's it definitely has a magnetic quality, as you say. So I I was really interesting, um, interested in talking with you because you are from my favorite country in the world, probably. Mm. Um, But there are. You're from a very, you're from Thailand, you're from a very different culture, but just speaking with you the other night, I noticed there were parallels in your life and my life in that we both sort of grew up in a culture and felt like, "Mm, this isn't really my home in a way. fish out of water. Right. It's like, why am I here? (laughs) So what, what was it about? Thai culture that made you feel like a fish out of water? Hmm. I would say just the way I feel that the how women were expecting to act. Right. You know, um, I know that now things probably have changed so much than when I was, you know, before, you know, when I first come into this world, you know, like 43 years ago. You know, so I just feel that there were a lot of restriction in terms of how you, uh, how you can express yourself and mm-hmm. how much you can express yourself. And for some reason, I as a kid, I always feel a little kind of almost like suffocating mm. in some way, right. both physically and emotionally, because I had a lot of allergy growing up. Uh-huh. So and then I just remember that. There are particular way that a children supposed to act, especially female, you know, like when you can speak up, what you have to do, how you greet other people, and there is formal formality into everything. Like when um, when you say sawadika to like an adult and to a monk and to teacher, there's a different way of greeting. Mm. And to me, I'm just like, hmm, 
why is that? Why does it have to be a particular way, a way of doing things? And, um, and you know, my, my grew up in a really interesting home where a, there's a duality to it, where my dad was, you know, had, um, you know, exposure to being in the U.S. when he was in kind of his 20, he kind of came here, he worked here. So he, he know a good bit of English and he had, you know, exposure to Western culture. So mm. in many ways, he open-minded about a lot of things, you know, like we, we hug each other, we, we see each other, which is, you know, very kind of not normal in Thailand at the time for mm. parents and child to like hug each other. Really? At least from my observation, mm. anyway, it's more like, you know, you do the, the hand and your heart thing and, you know, like say, so what the cow, so what the cup is more like this formality to it. Even with parents. Even parents, from what huh. I observe. But this yeah. is, again, this is my perception when it was like, you sure. know, young and just observed like with different family. But I definitely see that my, my family is actually more hockey than the other. But on the other side of thing, my, my mother is very, very strict. You mm. know, she, you have to come home at this time, you go home at this time. And, and to me, I just kind of want more freedom to do things on my own, in my own time, in my own way. And, and that still carry on right. in, in this way, in, in this time. So do you have siblings? Yeah, I have a younger sister. Younger sister. So... Um, she she also very interesting too. I grew up very interesting family. She also very free spirit like me, and she kind of feels this. She actually probably enjoy being Thailand a little bit more than I did. Hmm. You know she, she. She still lives there. No, not anymore. She followed me actually. Ah. She I, I came here as an exchange student, and the plan was to come here for a year. And then one thing led to the other. I continue on to graduate from high school again. I graduated from high school in Thailand early. I took a test and I passed at 16. I'm like, do I want to go to college right away? I'm like, mm, no, you know, let's right. let's go do something fun. Let's go to America. And, one, and then um, I came here and then um, stay on and went to college here huh. as well. So where did you go as an exchange student? Um, they placed me in Oregon. Oregon. Oh, that's okay. What what place? <laughs> it's called, um, well, it was start first, at first at a place called um, Beaverton, which is 30 uh, minutes near from Portland. Portland. Yeah, that's where Nike is. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Like we drove by it all the time. Beaverton. <laughs> Beaverton. <laughs> and, and then from Beaverton, I, I had quite an adventurous exchange student year. I had to chain family three times. What? I know. So you were a troublemaker? Oh, I don't <laughs> think so. I didn't think so. I just think that the first family was just not the right match, you know, and and they, um, I don't know, let's just put it this way. There was a lot of chore that I had to do. A lot of chores. A lot of chores. Oh, they wanted and, you to work and... Yeah, it was an interesting experience. Mm, and, mm. Then, and then they end up, the the um the person that was my supervisor and up you know moved me out and then moved into another family who is um you know an a newlywed for the woman the guy been married before and I think they probably need their own private time right so then 
I got moved again. So why did they want to have a student with them? That's a good question. Do they get money for it, or what's um, the... I think they got something out of it. I'm sure. Huh. I think I understood a little bit, hmm. and then I end up moved to the third family, who we still very close today. I consider them one of my really close family. Oh, good. And that's how I got um, exposed, um, kind of um, exposed to Christianity. Hmm. So, so that that's where I end up in Christian school for a while. In and was that all in Beaverton or different parts of Oregon? Beaverton and Aloha. 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 Oregon. Oregon. Never yeah. heard of that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I I lived in Spain for a long time, and and sometimes I taught English, and a lot of my students said, "Oh yeah, I'm going to do an exchange to America," and. And I would say, so where where are you going? Oh, we're going to Ohio. And I was like, oh, oh. it's not what you think. You're like, God bless. (laughs) Good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nothing against Ohio, but, but just like Ohio people have it. beautiful, though. Uh, uh, it depends <laughs> where. But I mean, people have an idea of America, mm-hmm. and depending where they send you, yeah, it could be a little town in Texas. It could be, you know, some rainforest in in Oregon. Yeah. It, it can be so many different because it could be places. so many things. And I remember. <laughs> When I was, you know, like learning English and get like prepared to become an exchange student, I remember I was be able to memorize. They want us to memorize big in Thai education. This is another thing that I don't like the whole memorization. Right. Remove out of the critical thinking, remove mm. out of the questioning of teacher and authority. Mm. I mean, you know, we see mm. that at a certain degree throughout the world, yeah, including. Sure, you sure. know, so I remember I had to memorize the capital city of each state. I used to mem- I used to remember all of them, mm. and I remember how jealous I was that two of my friends get to be in California, and and at the time, I didn't know what everything looked like. They got placed in Ontario. California mm-hmm. and it's like basically in the middle yeah, orange of camera. nowhere yeah. and just like oh maybe I wasn't shouldn't be that jealous <laughs> right, about it right yeah Oregon's a pretty good it's really pretty in the summer yeah. the rest is just pretty rainy rainy yeah. yeah yeah although you're used to rain if you're from thailand it's different kind of rain it's different that's yeah. true it's yeah. different kind of rain I'll tell you the first time I went to thailand I remember getting off the airplane and I have never felt humidity like that I I felt like I was walking into a a wall of water yeah yeah and then I was staying I told you yesterday I was staying near Kausan Road and I I was you know very young no money you know cheapest room I could find Mm. no air conditioning of course no shower (laughs) of course you have to share the shower but I remember going I would like get up at early to try not to also, it was like March, I think, very hot. Oh, very hot. And I go out, have breakfast, come back, take a shower. Go out, do whatever I had to do, go yeah. back, take a shower. It was like 10 showers a day just to survive. Right. And then uh, I went up to Chiang Mai. It was April, I think. Is that the Songkla? Yeah, Songkran, yeah. And everyone's splashing water like, on you. It's fantastic. You like it? I like that, yes. You're like, come on, more. Uh, yeah. And they put seriously. like those little beautiful powder on your face. Did yeah. they get to do that for you? No, I didn't this get white the powder. powder. Yeah. I was riding a motorcycle around, but I remember going through 
little villages and the children were all standing there with waiting. Their buckets waiting and I would go very slow so they could all hit me with the water. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. But so why you and your sister mm-hmm. are both free thinking, mm-hmm. independent women. Mm-hmm. You say your father had some exposure to the West. Yeah. Your mother's very strict, but I... Some things you told me about your mother make me think she's a free thinker. She is. She, she's a very complex woman. Like, God bless her. She, um, she's, a, you know, like we, I was talking to um, Anya about astrology, all those things, right? My sister's a Scorpio. My dad's a Pisces like me. And my mother's a Sagittarius. And... That's a way that she does things that's very interesting. She's very unconventional in many ways, but she is very like traditional in many ways. She the only thing that I would say that she very always a beautiful, powerful advocate about is education for children, education for women. Mm-hmm. So she was always has a dream that she want her children to study abroad. So she sent me to England, as strict as she was, where a girl had to be home by seven, even though if I stopped by to get a snack at 7-Eleven, we have 7 everywhere. T- everywhere. <laughs> I always get my Slurpee and potato chips, and sometimes, like, even 15 minutes late, my mom was like, where were you? I was like, I'm getting sloppy and potato chip. So, um, but I don't like asking for permission. I think right. she just wanted me to tell her, but at the time I didn't have a cell phone either. Mm. But I still want what I want, you yeah. know. So she sent me to um, study English in England. So, it's, you know, she opened to me um, kind of be able to expand my intellect, but in terms of freedom, physically... She want me to be pretty confined. A lot of my friends will have a nightlife starting at 13. I'm not allowed to leave. Mm. You know, so it's very interesting about, about what, what she see freedom is and what she see that need to be um, contained in order to stay safe. Yeah. So when you say she's a supporter of education... Do you mean the kind of memory, memorize and don't question authority education or critical thinking? Critical, critical yeah. thinking, critical thinking, right. thinking um, from another perspective. Absolutely. Like I grew up, our dinner conversation is mostly about politics. Right. Yeah, we'll be watching the news. You had family who were in Thai politics. Yeah, or... my um, great uncle great uncle yes yeah. my great uncle was um governor of bangkok right so it's kind of in our family dna to talk about and talk about li- different difficult different different political party we kind of analyzing what they mean by this and that and that's basically just our normal family conversation mm. we don't really talk about we talk a little about religions and different things but we talk heavily about politics and how we right. see things should change and how, and you know democracy in the um, monarchy world right. as well which is a complicated issue oh uh, yeah i think more complicated in thailand than in places like spain or england where they have a monarchy but it's kind of not political mm-hmm. in thailand the monarchy is still very much 
tied into political oh, absolutely. and the and military. Military and religions, too. Mm. There's an element of um, monarchy um, in Thailand that tie into religion. It's kind of almost um, monarchy in Thailand. They see the king and the queen, the princess and princesses and prince kind of kind of have kind of the divinity quality right. to it where where it had to be shown so much reverence and respect right and um i find that you know there are things that i agree with and there are things that i disagree with but i also think that is part of what make thai people thai right know? right so. yeah i remember the first time i went to thailand reading in a you know a guidebook a lonely planet i don't know if you heard of that mm-hmm. uh and there were the rules like things to be careful about in thailand yeah don't touch children on their heads oh yeah that's considered disrespectful right yeah don't point your foot at someone oh no yeah no <laughs> even me putting the foot on the coffee table right now we would do this in thailand my mom would be like girl mm. what are you doing right but especially if it's pointed at someone Ex- right oh absolutely right yeah. <laughs> And never, never joke about the king. No jokes, no nothing. Just don't even don't, go near there. Don't go near there. Yeah. Yes. And I remember because it was so humid, I went to a cinema and I just watched movie after movie after movie just to stay in the air conditioning. Yes, but you have to stand up. Every movie. You stand mm-hmm. up and they played the national anthem that I guess he wrote. Yeah. And the pictures of him and everyone was very, very serious. Yeah. As an American, that felt a little strange to me. Yeah. But in America, we do it all the time with the military. Ah. A sporting event, the planes fly over, the flags, it's all, yeah, ah, yeah, America, America. I never thought of it until now, mm. even though it doesn't have a a figure. Right. Like how in Thailand is like the king here is more about the um, predi- um, predecessor, like what is the word? President? Um, more like it, it's about. I think it's about the the, the idea of the patriot, right? Yeah, the nationalism. Definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you see everyone has flags on their cars and things. It's like such a weird thing. I know it's it's so strange. It's very like kind of almost like it's like that fanatical, energy, that energy of yeah. Like, one, only one way, America. Like we the best. Yeah, you know. So it's interesting because one of the arguments in favor of monarchy is that it creates a healthier place for that energy Mm. to go, Mm. right? So in England, it goes to the queen or in Spain to the, you know, the king and the queen and all that. And it's like, okay, that's that. It's like an, I don't know. It's almost like a human sacrifice or something like (laughs) The offering. Yeah, the offering. And in America, since we don't have that, it goes into weird places. All sorts of places. Do you think think human need to be put that output of that emotion towards something in order to feel like they have direction? I think so. And I think one of the, the problems that... One of the sources of a lot of the problems that we're facing in the world right now is that those objects of reverence, Mm -hmm. whether it's 
royalty or religions mm-hmm. or um you know the banking system in america used to be like oh you can always trust the banks right the banks won't take chances with your money it's safe you know like all the political system all these things are being exposed as corrupt exactly and so people I feel like there's a crisis of confidence and faith. Mm-hmm. And so people are... are And security and safety. Right. I think we live in kind of an um, age of anxiety because right. people kind of doesn't quite know who they who are. Who can I trust? Who? Like, what can I believe in? Exactly. It's it's all... Everyone feels lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. I never thought I would... Uh, entertain the idea that maybe a monarchy could be a good thing, but I'm actually thinking about it. I mean, I grew up questioning, like you, yeah. questioning everything. Of course. Question religion, question nationalism, question all these things. And then it gets to a point where, like, well, if you question everything, life can be very difficult. Yeah, I think is is I think questioning thing is such a beautiful thing. I think everyone should question before they dive into believing in something. You know, I grew up I was more like born Buddhist. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to every basically every temple in Thailand because my dad really into that. And then I became a Christian for a while. And then now I'm where where I'm at is that I kind of include everything that I have learned and experiences, ups and downs, quote-unquote good and bad, and apply it with my esoteric work in like Akashic Record and astrology. And now I kind of make my own mixtures of things. And I think that's what's important for everyone to realize that I think it's beautiful to question things because everyone should, because at the end of the day, I feel that it's always come back down to your own specific evolution and this is where you growl everything in instead of like questioning everything and don't know anything or blindly believe in something simply because everyone believes in it right you know so i think we are moving into age now where is every old structure that everyone look up to as in a place to anger their belief now have become crumbling now, like you said, government, money, banking, a monarchy, all those things. Now we're moving in the age of, I believe it's the age of community, that we can come together as individuals and get over maybe like the debate and become all the age of dialogue, mm. like empire into community. And that my hope anyways, but I think before we get there, some of those stuff need to come down first in right. order for people to evolve and be like, have I been believing this because of I believe in it? Or is it simply because of the surrounding and my upbringings? Or I simply afraid to speak up for what I truly believe in? Yeah. Your relationship with your parents must be very complicated. It can be. <laughs> I mean, because I'm imagining, okay, your father... He went to the West, uh-huh. came back, talked to you about different ways of thinking. And so he knows that it's partly his fault that you're so free, right? <laughs> that you're questioning things. Right. Your mother, who's very afraid that you could be hurt or very protective of you yeah. in a physical sense. Yeah is a very free thinker and they uh-huh. have you at dinner and they're talking about politics yeah. and they respect your intelligence. So I, I imagine for them it's very complicated because they must be very proud of you. Mm, no. 
but also very kind of afraid and yeah. and feel like they you know you become a christian that must have been very oh difficult for your father oh, right so much i f- i think he literally feel betrayed yeah you know and um so that that was that was a difficult one you know and and then um yeah, I mean, like even to this day, the the thing that I love so much about my dad, you know, like I remember in college, this is how how free thinking he is, and I'm so like forever thankful that I chose my dad to be my father, you know. And he has his own thing with his anger issue and other thing, but nobody perfect, right? But um, I remember in college, I was studying psychology at first and art therapy, and it was something that you know I want to help people. I love human mind. Thing is fascinating and want to get do something that that can make money and then and then as we study more of the art because you have to do both psychology and art I really just fall in love with painting and photography and sculpture and I remember calling my parents from my dormitory and I was telling my mom first and say Hey mom, um, I'm thinking about changing my major, and my mom is the only like worry and fear that she always have is that safety, security, money thing. And then we told her that hey, I'm thinking about changing my major to art, and then I even decided to want to do art therapy. You can just take more psychology courses. She didn't respond, man. She was just like. I'm going to let you talk to your dad. I was like, oh, shit. You know, and then she handed the phone to my dad. And my dad was like, hey, what's up? You know, I was like, hey, dad, I'm thinking about like changing my major to art. And, you know, give the same spiel. He, and then he paused for a little bit. I was like, oh, my God. And then he said, you know, girl, just do what you love. Mm. Until this day, I still feel mm. like there was such a feel to my heart to... To always follow that. Yeah. And that was the few that got me into working in entertainment for many years as a photo editor. And I do all the things that I wanted from a place of like, for the love for photography, love mm. for, you know, human facial expression and all of that. So That's awesome. Yeah. You, you used an interesting phrase here just a second ago. You said, I'm so glad I chose my father. Mm-hmm. to be my father to chose him to be my father mm-hmm. did you say that from a buddhist perspective like the soul chooses the life mm, i say that it from my um esoteric study in akashic records ah, okay. so that's kind of full circle too because i recently had a conversation with him and my mother again about leaving the entertainment industry and pursue my mm. you know um, akashic reading full time and um, I him, I was more worried about my mom than my dad, you know. And my mom was like, wow, it sounded like you, you know, make really good money for yourself. Then go for it. If you love it, that's great. And then my dad was more concerned about like, are you going to get health insurance? Like, how is all this thing? If you can that, get that taken care of, then do that. I think they, you know, at this age with everything that's going on in the world, they're more, mm. care, they're more concerned about that. Right. But they were very supportive and I'm thankful. So yeah, I, in terms of that, I say I chose my dad because I believe, my personal belief from my study with Akashic Rickard and what I stayed through like Edgar Casey and his work is that we chose the life that we are in. 
is not something that we see a lot of oftentimes in Christianity that somehow you are destined to do this or you destined and sometimes like when people do question that like why is it if God is good why is this bad thing happen to good people mm-hmm. right and from a Kashi record perspective a higher self shows some of this quote unquote struggle or challenges for the expansion of our soul for the expansion of what we are here to learn, what are here to heal. And not only that, I still see that oftentimes also uh, some people chose them should be in the wildest, weirdest family to heal the ancestral wounds through their experiences, through because um, through, through like the, the healing of themselves. Mm. And if they not fall too deeply into the victim mentality, yeah. they can only like they can heal themselves as they can also heal others around them. Yeah, that's a that's a problematic way of thinking for me because mm. I I feel like I see that in some situations sure. where where it's like oh you need to work through this your challenge is to yeah. confront this thing in this life, but then. It seems like for so many people, the trauma is so heavy that it's not like a homeopathic dose. It's not like, here's a little taste of what you need to work through. It's like, here's more trauma Uh that you're going to have to work through for 20 more lifetimes, you know? Well, yeah, I I can see that. But I also myself had trauma of, you know, I I was sexual abuse as a child. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I did not know about until it's like the repressed memory. I didn't know about it until it hit me when I was 18. Oh. And then, you know, combine that with being in Christian school. Imagine that, you know, how Christian so obsessed would be right. like virgin and purity. Right. So, yeah, I was gone through like phases of my life that I didn't want to live here because it was just too mm. much like guilt and shame and aloneness because mm. my dad still doesn't know. My mom know, but she didn't do much about it. So it's, it's probably, you know, then that's something that I'm working through. But, mm. but even in that, even in that, even my experience going through that difficulty and got into a relationship that probably not the best for me, that was, you know, borderline domestic abuse. But through that, I survived it. And I feel like I, through that experiences, I have such deep compassion for people and I have, and I learned to have deep compassion for myself, to be, have, have grace for myself and know that I did the best I could in all the steps of my healing and evolution, and I give that same grace to other people as well. Yeah. So is it painful? Is it awful? Sure. But I also see that I won't be who I am today and have the strength that I have today and room for people that I do today without that. Right. So... Um, so, I mean, in a way, like, if they talk friendly, like, do I know that my soul choose this or not choose this? At the end of the day, we can truly don't know, but I know that I can choose to be a victim mm-hmm. or I can use to be, um, you know, um, what, um, hmm, how would I put it? I can, I can choose to be a victim or I can choose to be, 
um, the master of my own life. Yeah. Yeah. Did the abuse happen in Thailand or mm-hmm. in England? It happened in Thailand with my neighbor. Ah. So he was like, oh, let's come over and play a game, you know. And and at the time, I was really good at Monopoly and still is. And then I came over and it was not Monopoly. It was mm. something else, you know. Mm. And then I think eventually his, his brother found out and then they moved away quite quickly really? after that. Yeah. So, and... And for me, looking back, I the the concept of forgiveness is interesting. You know, I find that I can say that I forgive him in a sense of I believe that all human did the best they could, mm. even though that best is shitty or hurtful or downright, you know, um, vicious. I forgive him in a sense that he was a teenager and he doesn't seem like his sister from what looking back he probably didn't have the best home life. Was it justifiable? No. <clears throat> yeah. But I accepted that it's happened. I no longer wish that it's not happened. I just say that it already happened. I accept it. How can I use this opportunity as a few to make me stronger, more powerful, more loving, more kind? So that's the choice that I had to make instead of, woe is me, that happened mm-hmm. to me. And, you know, yeah. and I've been through all that. So is, is, Do you think that kind of thing is as big a problem in Thailand as it is in the U.S. or other places? Mm, I think... I think it's happened everywhere. I do feel that in Thailand is have a less of a support uh, when it's happened with children or right. happened with even women. Yeah. You know, it's, there's a lot of um, more of the guilt and shame that around it kind of bring shame to the family. Wow, it's not even you know, yeah. the women's fall. And of I know course. this sort of thing happened to men too, you yeah. know, not just women. And that's something that that often not get talked about. And even in America, I think that oftentimes people don't talk about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and I feel I'm really a strong, strong believer. And, you know, with, you know, with the work that you do, I feel like we ought to be able to talk about sex openly with our children and be able to educate them instead of pretending that oh nothing gonna happen to my children because because it's nothing gonna happen to my children because they don't even want to see it mm-hmm. and to me I think it's important to sit down with your children and give them tools like hey it doesn't matter who inviting you to go do something one-on-one by yourself and closing the door. Hmm. Doesn't matter who it is because children trust people that um, your parents trust. Right. You know, oh, if my parents hang out with these people, regardless, like uncle, brother, neighbor, right. they must be good people, right? right? Yeah. They, they're not stranger. Yeah. And most of the time, this abuse in children happen with People that you know, you know, and I think it's important to talk to your children and say in what scenario is totally acceptable and okay for you to say no and walk out. It's strange that 
it's like the thing your mother was trying to protect you from is exactly what, what was happened. happened. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, and re- she feels that I'm safer here than then. So maybe like her, uh, her intuition. Right. I don't know, you know. So. Right. Interesting. You know, the reason I asked if, if you thought it was as big a problem in Thailand is <clears throat> I've always well, you know, I'm very interested in sexuality and mm-hmm, I wrote the mm-hmm. book and all that, but I'm very confused and interested in the way sexuality is experienced in other cultures, mm. right? And Thailand is a very intriguing example of that because you know, I've spent a lot of time in Thailand. Uh, I was young. The first times I went there and I find the people so beautiful, the women so beautiful and the sort of the understanding of sexuality in Thai culture is very alien to me. Mm. Right. Having been raised in America with the whole Puritan thing and everyone like I could never go with a Thai girl because I could never understand what's happening. <laughs> in what way? Tell me. Explain. Well, you know, it, it's very common for Western travelers in Thailand. Mm-hmm. You know, you meet a Thai girl, you go travel with her, she translates. You, I mean, I, in from a Western perspective, some people would say it's prostitution, but from another perspective, it it's confusing. Right. So, for example, I I remember I met this guy in Nepal, mm-hmm. and we were talking about this. Right. And I was on my, I was going to go to, back to Thailand. <clears throat> and he said, oh, I love Thailand. Uh, I have uh, a girlfriend in Thailand. Mm-hmm. I said, what do you mean you have a girlfriend? He said, well, okay, maybe not really a girlfriend. Like when I'm in Thailand, I call her. A companion. Yeah. And if she's available, we travel together. Mm-hmm. She translates. She gets better prices on the rooms because it's not the westerner price it's the thai price she takes me to the best places to eat that i would never find myself and i said well but like do you give her money then he said no he said what happens is we go to her village Mm. and we stay with her family Mm. and like the last time we were there i noticed that the refrigerator was old and mm-hmm. and I say do you think your mother would like a new refrigerator and she says oh yeah and then we go and we buy her mother a new refrigerator and I give this to her mother and her mother's very happy everyone's very happy and that's it yeah it's not prostitution mm. it, and it's really not different I mean I've had many American girlfriends where I pay for everything and I buy a gift for her mother it's but I know how to negotiate that. Mm-hmm. And in Thailand, I could never feel comfortable because I never knew, like, does she really want to be with me? Ah. Or does she need a refrigerator? <laughs> you know? Very interesting. And so I couldn't figure out how to. And then he, I said, what if she's not available? He said, oh, then she just, uh, she tells her friend. But isn't that the same question, though, that you should ask with girls you date here? Like, is oh, of she course. one of you and me? Or she want my rich refrigerator? Well, of course, <laughs> of course. Yeah, but I, I guess in in Western culture, it's easier for me to to 
see her motivation mm. you know what i mean and i wonder some of it i wonder if it's had the media influence so i i'll share with you a little bit how i see the news in thailand and the news here yeah so in thailand um we would have news about people getting raped and killed all the time like we're talking all the time how he is all about the politics, the government, and and all of that, and very little of a local news of who get killed, murders, and mm. rape. You know, in Thailand, is like constant. That is like the main the source. Violence. Yeah, exactly. And and I also see that in America, the way America or the Western culture portray Thailand is really heartbreak, heartbreaking for me because it's often talk about, of course, beautiful ocean and food and blah blah blah, but also talk a lot about prostitution. Right. But let's let's be honest, that prostitution here, yeah, it just doesn't is not is not as been. Um, show in media like how right. how it is and it's not like someone from another country would come to america and expose a prostitution in america you know i guess part of it also is that americans think that if it's illegal you're more protected from it somehow right so in thailand it's not illegal mm-hmm. and so there are all these sort of gray zones mm. in america a prostitute, I guess, is well. If even this is changing yes, with yeah. with media, where with the social media and stuff. Mm-hmm. But until you know, cell phones and all that, I guess a prostitute was a prostitute. It was there wasn't this sort of in between. Mm. Are you my girlfriend? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, Molly. This companion sense. Right. Yeah. But now with all these you know seeking arrangements and mm-hmm. these apps, it, it's sort of becoming. Yeah, yeah, and Unclear. it's a de- debatable too whether escort is a form of it, you know. Right. Yeah. And they give the girlfriend the, experience. The girlfriend experience. <laughs> <It's so strange. laughs> I know. I'm just like, what? Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's a weird thing. I I feel like I have a a hang up about this. Like mm. I, I feel if I'm with a woman and uh, there's any question any doubt that she actually wants to be with me mm. i feel i feel ugly i feel horrible but i think that's that's a legit thing that everyone should you know like it would it, because you know i think at the heart of heart i think you like a romantic you know like you want to make sure that that person actually love and care about you as a soul not yeah. for your monetary gain because right. some men you'd be surprised they'd rather have it that way I know. And I don't get it, I but hey, either. whatever, that's something for everyone, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Strange. So here's another thing about Thailand. You said violence in mm-hmm. the news all the time. My feeling about Thai people is that they're very peaceful. I know. And what, I, what I've always heard in, in, from travelers and things is never raise your voice. Mm-hmm. Never, because it, you you make people very uncomfortable if mm-hmm. you. So if you have a traffic accident or something happens, you stay calm. Yeah, no, I never really see people yelling in the middle of the street. Right. Yeah, even when they're angry. Because if there's violence, it will be very, very bad violence. Yeah, we've seen that. You know, in in we've seen it. 
like you know like even through through protests against the government we every time we have protests against government uh, overthrown of the military to democracy it never ends well yeah it never ends peacefully it's just always a lot of bloodshed right yeah yeah it's like a dog that doesn't growl Mm-hmm. But if it bites, it, it bites, will bite. Will bite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like that. Thing. It's like don't it's kind play of with that it. like energy that being kind of suppressed and contained, and all of a sudden it just go. So is because this this is my confusion about Thai culture. It it feels like there is a lot of repression, mm-hmm. but from an outsider's perspective, it looks like there's a lot of freedom oh, and tolerance and. Mm-hmm. Like around sexuality, yeah. there's not all this shame and sex is not considered something dirty and horrible. Mm-hmm, it's no. like no. So how do you or your family or your friends, when you see a Western guy walking down the street with a Thai girl, what do you see there? It's changing. It's changing a lot. In the past, you know, like we would look at like what the girl looked like, the certain look of the girl that, you know, do the, um, the, the, do the sex work. And we were just like, okay, like at least for me, some people may judge them. I'm just like, okay, that's what she does and she with him. But now there's also a lot of um, Westerner that, you know, work in Thailand and have children in Thailand and then send children to school in Thailand, international student. And there's a lot of like a true genuine boyfriend, girlfriend that, mm. you know, um, from different cultures. So thing kind of a little bit not like how it used to be where if you with a farang, which is, you know, how they call the foreign yeah. farang, most likely you might be the sex worker. This is back in the day where I was, you know, younger, much younger. But now thing kind of change mm. they're actually people that do have relationship with yeah with someone and it's genuine and it's not right so you can't assume exchange. you know what's no, happening it's really changing and and i love what you're talking about uh, the non-guilt and shame and i think this has come from buddhism because buddhism doesn't well buddhism doesn't really touch much on on sexuality i know that the monk cannot have sex with maimens and all that stuff but they never like saying that sex is bad or that somehow you have to save for marriage that was not the thing mm-hmm. i don't think the parents really encourage children to have sex before marriage but nor they think that if they were to do it it's kind of almost like don't ask don't tell right. you're kind of like do your thing and <laughs> And and I remember even growing up in Thailand, I was so surprised coming here. I have so many friends that are gay and lesbian, and they were telling me how how difficult it was for them to come out, mm. how how hard for them is to come out, and and I was just so surprised. It was like, but this is America, right? Right. People should be liberated Freedom. and open minded. Was like. It's like, I think it's a bit of Puritan way of thinking yeah. and, and distorted way of seeing God and Christianity. Because to me, <clears throat> to me, like, I don't think 
God care who you <laughs> fuck or not fucking. Yeah. I just want you to be like hopefully the best human being that you can be and hopefully loving and kind and gracious with one another. But in Thailand, I have a bunch of gay friends too and and no one pick on them. We celebrate mm. them. We accept that, okay, you're gay. And no, they don't get picked on. They don't have to sit at lunch by themselves. None of that shit in Thailand. And some women, some women are... Um, we even have um, the the Miss Tiffany, where where is the Miss Universe for for the transgender? Right, and that was very celebrated. They will get interview, and people will mesmerize by how beautiful they are. Yeah. And it's actually a celebratory thing in Thailand. If you gay or you lesbian. It's, I remember there was a so beautiful. I love that. Yeah, there was a uh, probably in the nineties, maybe the world champion Thai boxer mm. was trans, was not transgender, but it, but a uh, lady boy. I don't know uh-huh, what. The, yeah, that's lady insulting. boy. They call that too. Yeah. Yeah. So he would uh, he was like beating everyone up, yeah. but then he dressed as a woman. Huh. And it was very beautiful. I love that. Yeah, and it's like wow, that's only in Thailand. That's. Yeah, it's Fantastic. so interesting. In Thailand, it has a really weird dichotomy. Like, for example, talking of boxing, for the longest time, women are not allowed to be in the boxing range because that considered like it's a sacred space for the men. And now I think they allow to like show like the round one and round two. I think that allow now. In the right. past, it's like no, right. you know. And I remember when my friend was in Thailand, and I was probably one of the very one or maybe a few female watching boxing. Oh, you weren't even allowed in the audience? I think you allowed in the audience. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I do allow in the audience. I'm not sure when that started, but I definitely mm. was allowing the audience and it was so much fun. Thai boxing live is like out of this world it's like beautiful it's powerful it's like you're watching someone dance and like mm. kind of playing the chess game live right you know yeah. with their body and self so yeah i remember there was a one time i was in thailand i read in the newspaper there was going to be a they were having um like a tournament of elephant polo you know where they ride elephants but they hit the oh, ball yeah. uh-huh. And yeah. one of the teams was all lady boys. It was oh, like the lady hot. boy team was playing <laughs> against the other teams. Oh my god! I'm sure the men is like, oh shit, I need to win. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah, I think that's what I love the most about Thailand. A certain thing that I feel like is extremely a little need like to be more liberated. But that in terms of the gay rights, it's. I absolutely love it. And was actually very surprised of some of the things that my friends had gone through is there here gay, in America. Is there gay marriage in Thailand? Is that legal? No, I don't think so. Huh. It's not interesting. Right. Like when, so it's accepted, but not sort not of legalized. You know, so not yet, but... And what about lesbianism? I've seen so many clearly gay men in Thailand, but I don't feel like I've seen a lot of lesbians. Um, they must they they're not as you can see them they're there um i just don't think they they just expressed it differently Mm. you know like the girl might cut their hair short or sometimes they kept their hair long it's just more subtle right 
you so know. you wouldn't necessarily know. No, yeah. but they open about it. I know several <laughs> of my lesbian friend in Thailand that oh my god, they are notorious for have many girlfriends. Really? So like all my all my gay friends in Thailand, they tend to be kind of like oh yeah, this is my boyfriend, and they're very kind of monogamous about it. Really? But the lesbian in Thailand, mm, the ladies <laughs> love all the ladies. Really? Oh yeah, there's that's and they're like lesbian fight and like why are you with her and not with me and oh it's it's really interesting this is known for at least for my experience that a lot of my lesbian friend in thailand did have quite a few That's girlfriend funny. at different schools so like oh, so have it's the one opposite of the west where gay men are more promiscuous than <laughs> lesbians at least yeah at least from my yeah, experience right. not all of them you know this yeah, is from my own personal experience but they will have like a girlfriend at this school and then have another girlfriend at another the school and so that's interesting that's good to know that it works both ways there well thank you for for sharing all this is there anything we should uh, the flies are starting to to bother us i come when i have a conversation with us too (laughs) (laughs) i think i love this conversation and i think we didn't really plan to have one conversation one way or the other and i think it flow beautifully i think that's my favorite way just turn on the machine and see what happens Mm -hmm. yeah thank you is there i I know you you do work in photography you showed me your instagram feed the other night the beautiful art there is there a place people can go to learn more about you yeah then i would say the best way with the work that i do now is mostly esoteric work which do akashic with akashic record which is the um, celestial record of your soul so i do readings for people How, how is that different from astrology um mm-hmm. so astrology work from the planetary alignments and mathematical alignment where it's aligned to the the time that you were born and right. how it's aligned with your nodal charts so it's more from this really beautiful powerful um data and statistic from akashic record perspective i tap into another like dimension all together and then they tap into the story of your soul like you know your past life your relationship with your parents your relationship with yourself your relationship with the divine if you would call it so it's more like just imagine a giant information it's more a frequency Mm. tapping into a frequency and the story esoteric story rather than the mathematical of it so it's more fluid than right. structure right so um so that's what i do and then i also still doing photography and um kind of abstract arts photography and then i'm planning to kind of do uh, akashic portraits for people and do um images of places that I consider powerful portals and powerful spiritual places and insert the information of that place of how I feel about it mm. into the photo. But, right. But I think that's what people do naturally anyway when they create art. Right. They insert their emotion, they insert their own opinion into the piece of art. Even if they're not aware that Even they're doing they're it. Even they're not aware of it. And so just, if yeah. people want to work with you or consult with you, where would they find um, you? They can find me on my website visit www.tiensirin.com on my Instagram, which is underscore tiensirin underscore. Great. 
Thank you, Tan. Thank you so much. Okay, Mom, uh, tell people what they can order from the garage. Okay, in our cottage garage, we have lots and lots of T-shirts. Sex at Dawn, Civilized to Death, Vanthropology, Tangentially Speaking, Paleo Modern, and Talking Out of My Ass. (laughs) She didn't like saying that last one. Then we now have some new things added. We've got beer cozies or koozies or whatever they're called. Oh, civilized to death. Design. They're all civilized That's right. to death. We have stickers and car decals, right? Yes. Okay. There you have it. That's Julie, my mom. He said, baby, what's a big deal? Feel what you want to feel. Say what you want to say. You're going to die one day. For example, I could kiss you just because I want to. What's the difference if you turn away? I'm going to die one day. Why do you waste your time thinking about your reputation? Trying to meet an expectation, wondering what they're going to say. Doesn't ask for much A little music and a soft touch Why don't you let it out to play Your heart is in a birdcage Singing in your chest You want to shut it up but give it a rest You're gonna die one day Why do we waste our time Thinking about a reputation go down we'll go singing to the smoke alarms we'll dance into the ground